Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Attractions Group Podcast. You can hear us on your favorite podcast apps. You can also follow us on social media. Uh, the primary place we want you to follow us is on Twitter. It is at attractions underscore GRP. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Definitely are looking for uh, more of you to subscribe. Sponsorship opportunities available for the Attractions Group podcast. And that's why also we want you to follow us on Twitter, because if you're interested in sponsoring a part of this podcast, uh, just send us a direct message and we'll be in touch. Joined as always for episode number 46 tonight is Ryan, sir. Ryan, how you doing? I'm doing great, Don. And I guess I would be remiss if I didn't acknowledge that yesterday was the one year anniversary of us uploading episode 001, which was brand marketing for those of you keeping track at home. <laughs> but um, don't listen to that episode. <laughs> I mean, we have come a long way from the first four or five episodes. Those first few were just for us to kind of get our, our footing a little bit, work on some sound things and that. Uh, so it's definitely evolved uh, now very guest heavy, which which we love having guests. And uh, we also like the interaction that we have with you, our audience, when we do those uh, viewer choice type questions. But Ryan, uh, once again, you know, I, I look on social media and you were again this past weekend in Tennessee. What'd you do? Well, there? let's not start with Tennessee. Let's talk about the drive down to Tennessee, because I don't know if I said this on the show or off air, but I've never owned any Bucky's uh, apparel. But that has changed now because I've got a Bucky's T-shirt, but Bucky's in Richmond, Kentucky. No regrets. By the way, the merchandise there is incredibly cheap. Like, I think a hoodie's like twenty three dollars, for example. Um, yeah, but yet yeah. I, I like the color blue there. I mean, I, I've, I've, you know, seen the red ones and other colors, but I really like that shade of blue. And, uh, you know, when I'm out and about, you know, the other night at Reds game, I saw a lot of people wearing different uh, Bucky shirts. Some had the gray on, some had the blue like you had, uh, the red, but it's, uh, like you said, great supply of merchandise there. Yeah, I agree. Well, so we, yeah, we went to Bucky, stopped there, did that pit stop, um, headed down to the, the Pigeon Forge area. Didn't make it over to Gatlinburg this time, unfortunately. Uh, but we did have some new experiences. Um, uh, first and foremost, we got to check out the Pirate Adventure. Um, so the Pirate Adventure is a Hershen property. It's a dinner theater thing. Very similar food to the Hatfields and McCoys that I saw uh, a couple months ago. But this one was far more spectacular. It had acrobats. It had dives. It had fire. It had explosions. Just really, really cool. And then it had like special effects for, you know, Davy Jones and all that. So highly recommend. It's like 60, 65 bucks to see it. But if you think about dinner and entertainment in Gatlinburg, you're going to spend that anyway. So highly recommend it. Well, let me talk about the dinner. What'd you have? Um, It was fried chicken. Uh, a piece of ham, corn on the cob, a biscuit, and then some sort of like apple turnover thing for dessert. So not really my, that's not my food preference. See, I'm not a big fried chicken guy, but, um, but it was still good. I mean, it wasn't like we didn't need anything. It was just you know, not my favorite, but the, the entertainment is mm -hmm. spectacular. So that's what I, that was my takeaway with that. Um, so made it over to Dollywood. Dollywood's doing their spring celebration. I think they call it flower and food. Uh, we did the tasting card. Uh, the tasting card is, uh, with the gold pass, 
don't quote me on this. Absolutely check their website. But uh, I think it was like $41 and it was five tastings that you could use over the course of a couple of days. We were down there for a few days, so it worked out well. Um, my personal favorite was they had these nachos that were that were just really good. That were one of their like special food items and stuff. Um, they had a crab cake pizza, which was on a pretzel bread, which was odd. It was okay, but I probably wouldn't get that for the second time, you know, but it, it looked really good. But what you guys are all waiting for, yes, I rode Big Bear Mountain. I rode it twice. Fantastic ride. Not the most thrilling thing on earth. It's a family coaster. Let's not forget about that. But it has like three or four launches. I can't even remember anymore. Um, the onboard audio is on point. Like it really felt like you were riding the animation because the animation was dead on with, you know, when things will do what they do. Um, particularly that point when you go under the waterfall and you hear the growl. Um, a, a cool part, like thing that they did was as opposed to having the growl come from the the audio, like the onboard audio, it came from um, like speakers within that little cavern. So it felt like it was coming from off of the ride. And then they had like a water plume shoot up when you went by. So it looked very good visually, especially from the outside. A lot of like S-bends and overbank turns and stuff like that. But the thing that's the most remarkable is that launch coasters are like really cool. And, I, you know, they're one of my favorite types of rides. But with a launch coaster, since you don't have that lift hill anticipation, the ride experience itself is typically extraordinarily short. Not with this one. This one's like two and a half, three minutes and no lift hill. So it felt like you were on the ride for a really, really long time. But uh, the the queue was awesome. The theming was awesome. A um, little bit of downtime. I've heard they've been having some growing pains, but whatever. That that happens with a new ride. Uh, but they sure did pump through the line. Like the, the, the operations were spectacular. When are you going to make it down to ride it, Don? I'm going to be there in July. And then also going back again in the fall and and again, during the winter months. So three more trips for me planned to Tennessee. This it might year. be a cool night ride because it does have working headlights and taillights. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, a lot of stuff is like they've got like just random bear like claw scratches in the queue. Um, and then they'll have like little evidence tags hanging from it. So it, it's neat. It, it's definitely it's definitely fun. We got um, we got the uh, time saver, but the time saver doesn't work for it. Um, I, I actually called the park ahead of time. They said they're going to add it sometime in the near future, but it's not on there yet. But we bought Time Saver anyway because sometimes those lines can be kind of long with the capacity issues and stuff like that. But we wanted to get our rides on Lightning Rod and Mystery Mine in as, as good as we can, you know. All right. Yeah, those those types of things, you know, the, the time savers, you know, fast lane, fast pass, all those different things that are out there, you know. If you're only going to be there for a day or maybe two days, you definitely want to make the most of your visit. So, uh, yeah, I'm on board for those kind of things. Yeah. And, and you know, it's uh, there's two different options and don't make the wrong choice because there there's the this is non season pass discount pricing. All right. Because I think this will be more. But there's the unlimited one, which is unlimited rides on everything. Big Bear's not in the program and lightning rod is a one time thing. All right. So you only get to ride, ride lightning rod once with the unlimited pass. That's $85, okay? Which is still, I think, pretty reasonable compared to other parks, you know? Especially with the lineup that they have nowadays. Uh, and then there's another one that's like a one-time... It, it's like a one-time pass. There's enough to ride each ride once. Um, and the only restrictions on that is you can only do lightning rod once and dragon fire once. 
Um, but you can use the other, like if you want to ride mystery mind five times in a row, but if you think about it, um, I was kind of doing the math and we, we barely went over the unlimited. So if you're kind of on the fence and you don't want to spend a whole lot of money, you can ride all the rides with that, that $65 one. And if you have a gold pass or diamond or whatever their top tier is, maybe platinum, I can't remember. Um, it's $5 cheaper. So it's 60 and $80 as opposed to 85 and $65, but they can now be bought day of There's uh, in the, um, palace theater to the left of the actual entrance where you go in, they've got their own little office that they built last year, I think, um, where you, you can purchase and redeem time saver. So it's really cool. I love Dollywood. You know, it's, um, I love having a season pass there, being able to come and go as I want. Don, what do we have going on this, this afternoon? This evening, whatever time it is. <laughs> well, we have a great podcast lined up for you. Um, excited to introduce Derek Perry. He is the communications director for the American Coaster Enthusiast. Derek, welcome to the Attractions Group podcast. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me, Ryan and Don. And congratulations on your one-year anniversary of your Thank podcast. You. Thank I you. Thank you. It's very exciting. It's been a long year working with Ryan, but anyway. Yeah, I've, I've aged six years in that year. All right, so Derek, let's let's start from the beginning. Um, so, you know, you've worked your way up pretty high in, uh, you know, in the largest coaster club in the world. Can you tell us about the origins of your passion for, for roller coasters in the industry and your passion for, uh, you know, being part of the American Coaster Enthusiast and one, wanting to attribute more to that group? Yes. Yeah, started uh in my brother and i were really young and our parents would take us on road trips across the country to theme parks and that was our so we really got into roller coasters then and i remember the first really big trip we were going we we're from rhode island originally and we we're going to hershey park and bush gardens and kingston and six flags great adventure and we get to six flags great adventure and my brother and I are pretty young and scared to go on the big roller coasters. And my parents were like, well, if you're not going to go on the big roller coasters, we don't have these theme parks. We can just go to museums for the rest of the trip. And we we're like, as kids, we didn't want to go to museums. So it's like, okay, we're, <laughs> we're done with that. We're, that force is on the big coasters. So we ended up uh, going on the you know, Loch Ness Monster was one of the I've ever been on at the time. So that really got us hooked. So uh, our mom's a big coaster enthusiast. Our dad uh, into coasters as much, but I'd always kind of heard about Ace, um, but didn't really know what it was. And I remember being in line for the racer at Kings Island, actually, on a trip, and that someone was reading Ace News, which is the, one of the publications that Ace used to have, and now it's digital. But uh, they had a physical copy of Ace News, and I, I saw them passing, which I think it was kind of funny that they brought Ace News to the theme park anyway. Um, but so that kind of like triggered, okay, there's a, a group, there's a club, and there's a, a publication. So then later on in that trip, we were riding Steel Phantom at Kennywood, and we were off the ride, and we saw that there was an Ace event going on we saw that ace logo banner in the parking lot so we told our parents like oh we need to go talk to them and then we um ended up meeting bill lincolnheimer and some other ace members and they got us uh that was when you could register the day of at the event and um we got exclusive ride time after the closed on thunderbolt and that was a life-changing experience that's an amazing night right isn't it <laughs> and to go on it over and over it was definitely a dream come true and then to 
talk to other people who enjoyed talking about roasters. It's like we've we met our tribe. <laughs> These are the people. So um, that's kind of how I started when we were younger, and then moving to California in about 20 years ago, I, um, my brother and I got involved with, uh, Steve Berto was the Southern California rep and, uh, he would send out the email. So we would get to go to these media day events for these new coasters. And, um, we wanted to get more involved. So we volunteered to help register Acers at events. And, uh, from there, I think it was around CoasterCon when CoasterCon, uh, was at, uh, um, Six Flags Magic Mountain in Knott's Berry Farm, and we started to uh, do social media and get involved as assistant uh, Southern Cal California reps. So now it's the Pacific Southwest region. But yeah, so we got involved there. And then during the pandemic, uh, you know, all of it, we weren't going out to theme parks, but we still want to get involved. So we came, we started doing this weekly trivia for people who didn't have an opportunity to go out to parks. We're all stuck at home. So that kind of, um, I think trip triggered in Elizabeth's mind. She was like, Oh, look at, you know, Derek's working and coming up with some different ideas to keep people engaged. And, um, I think she took notice then, and then started asking me to do different things. And then, uh, when she decided to run for president of ACE, she asked if I would be interested in being communications director. So I jumped at the opportunity. Well, let's talk about that role as the director of communications for ACE. Uh, you know, what does it entail? Good question. Um, it, there's a lot to it. Um, and Elizabeth, when she was communications director, she really grew it. So uh, one of the things is I'm in charge of online content, which is the website and also social media. Um, I am uh, in charge of promoting the goals and the uh, organization to new members and kind of marketing, um, also communications with different parks. Um, I'm kind of the, the person to go between the theme parks and ACE. Um, so there's a lot to it. Um, now we have our podcast that is really episode a week. So uh, we're involved with that. We have the um, ACE 360, which is the news updates on the website. Um, and then we just started on TikTok this year. So we're a little late, but <laughs> but there's a huge team, uh, communications team, and uh, they all work so hard. So I tip my hat to them, definitely. Well, that's really cool. So um, this is a question that we, we, we asked Elizabeth this as well. So if you listen to that podcast, please don't cheat off of her paper. But we'd love your opinion. So ACE turned 45 this year. What do you attribute the sustainability of ACE to? Why didn't it fizzle out in two years or 10 years? It's a good question. I listened to that episode. I don't remember what Elizabeth said, so, so I'm not cheating off her paper. Um, I think for I think one major thing was it was such a unique thing. It was the first ACE is the first was the first roller coaster organization enthusiast group. Um, so I think how I, how, um, like I found ACE, I feel like other people, there's friends is a huge thing about ACE. People say you come for the coasters and you stay for the friends. And it really is true. Um, you know, for many years, like people would, you know, I try and talk about coasters and I remember my cousin being like, what? stop talking about roller coasters. Why are you talking about that? But with ACE, these people have a sim list. And then, so I think that one thing that really, 
people together and attracts people to ACE. So I think, um, and it's hard, like once you're involved with ACE, you, you know, get different benefits. And then with Rollercoaster Magazine, hard to not stay with it. And then um, I think just a lot of word of mouth and people see that, oh, you get to ride roller coasters before and after the park closes at these events and you get invited to same day at the roller at some parks. So I think that attracts it. Um, and I think over the years, the uh, relationship maybe has grown with parks too and ride manufacturers. And maybe they're seeing like, uh, these people are so enthusiastic about roller coasters that it's um, you know beneficial to have it involved. And I feel like there's so many people who are good spokespeople for the uh, love of roller coasters and theme parks in general. So I think it's a combination of those things. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense with what you're saying. You know, I've been very familiar with ACE since 1981 and, uh, you know, just seen, you know, number one, just the number of people that are still in the club that I met back then, you know, is mm -hmm. phenomenal. Um, but, um, you know, just to see, everyone's interest in the club itself you know and and wanting to volunteer their time you know you still got some of it come in and it's just all about the ERT and that but I think the more they're around they get it and they understand that the next wave of volunteers you know has to be in place so I, I think just the growth of that has been impressive um, you know over the years since I've I've you know been familiar with ACE yeah I yeah that were Oh, sorry. No, no, no. I was just gonna say, I mean, I've never been a member of ACE. I've actually never really been a member of any coaster club, but uh, as an outsider looking in, you know, the benefits to ACE are, are, are very, uh, very prevalent. You know, you get the print magazine, you get the roller coaster magazine. Um, and there's something to be said about being the largest. Um, people have asked me, like, if you were going to join a coaster club, which one would you join? It would probably be ACE simply because when is ACE not invited? You know, if you think about it, like it's ACE and then whoever else in a lot of cases, not that there aren't great coaster clubs out there that aren't ACE's size, but ACE is the biggest, ACE is the oldest, you know. Um, but a lot of people that I know that hang around the parks quite often have their group of ACE friends that they travel with and stuff. And it's, it's a lifelong thing, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Uh, there are over 7,000 members now, which is we are excited for that milestone. And uh, I've met the majority of my friends now, I think are ACE members from all over the country, over the world. So yeah, that bond, you know, obviously you saw coasters and then you find out, oh, you have this other thing in common and then um, people start together and going on vacation. So it's, yeah, it's really, I feel like taken over. Um, and, and, you know, I'm lucky for all the friendships that I've made, but yeah, I feel that um, they're, there and there are so many events in the year besides uh you know the national events there are over 20 different regions and every region has their regional events so basically every weekend you know you can find acers at a park with a an event going on so yeah there's definitely so much to do absolutely yeah that ace calendar it is chock full of events uh, i was looking at it the other day and just you know you said every weekend there's something to do somewhere out there, uh, but none bigger than what's coming up later this month with CoasterCon 45. That's going to be June 18th through the 23rd. Tell us about this year's event. Uh, where's Ace going to be? Yeah, so uh, we're excited. It's the 45th anniversary. Uh, CoasterCon is going to be Hollywood. We're going to start off at Dollywood 
and we're going to be there from Sunday to Wednesday, and then we'll be at Carowinds in North Carolina on Thursday and Friday. Um, so it's going to be a huge event. We broke a tent in attendance or uh, ACE events. So last year's CoasterCon was, uh, I think it was 800 something. And this year it's over a thousand. So uh, we That's really tremendous. jumped. <laughs> yeah, and I, I just received an email. Uh, one of the dinners on Tuesday is now broken up into three different sittings because there are so many people um, who they weren't expecting it. So, so yeah, it's going to be a huge part. There's nothing like it, I feel. I've never experienced anything like a coaster con week. Um, it's more fun than I've ever had, but it's super exhausting. So you have to pace yourself, but it's basically uh, every day in the morning you get on the stairs for exclusive ride time before the park opens. And then after the park is, uh, there are behind the scenes tours of different roller coasters. I think uh, we have Tennessee Tornado, uh, Lightning Rod this year at Mystery Mine. So you get to go in places that the general public doesn't normally get to go. And um, and then there are different parties. There's uh, different speakers that are going to be there from the amusement industry. Um, the opening night party is a 70s party celebrating Aces open uh, Found um, Aces start in 1978, so it's going to be a disco theme party. So everyone's encouraged to wear 70s costumes, and it's going to be a lot of fun, I think. Um, and Dolly Parton last time, CoasterCon was at Dollywood. Dolly Parton did surprise everyone and show up. Who who knows what the surprise is going to be this year? But I'm sure Dollywood has something fun planned. And you mentioned like a thousand. I mean, you you talked about seven thousand members, and you've got a thousand of them going to this event. I mean, that, that's, you know, just phenomenal to have that kind of interest in what you do with this, this summer conference every year and how it keeps growing. Yeah, um, yeah, it's actually closer to 1300, which is nuts that it's that big. Um, but yeah, I guess the word of mouth really has spread. And, um, you know, they knew it was going to be big because people love Carowinds, Dollywood. Um, but yeah, it's just people want to be a part of it. Steve Berto, who is the events director, he does such an awesome, he works so hard that he has, you can go to one thing after another and it's, there's so much activity, there's so many activities planned. But the cool thing about CoasterCon is you don't have to do it. And, you know, you can pick and choose mm -hmm. and see what your friends are doing. Um, this year we have a lot of meetups for different, um, different from the group from the, around the country or there's like a women's ride or a pride ride. Uh, so we're getting, uh, there's a teen ride. So people are, are kind of meeting other people and I'm getting together with more common interests. So that's one of the things we're focused on this year. Yeah, so you got all the ERT, but at the end of the day, it's going to come down to the camaraderie that everybody has. And that's what they're going to take yeah. away when they go back to wherever they, you know, wherever they live. They're just going to remember all those, all that fun they had with, you know, friends that they knew and friends that they met. Yeah. And you, you've been to CoasterCon before, oh, yeah. right? Oh yeah. Okay, so you, didn't you host? Did you know host exactly one what? Know exactly what we're. Did, did, did what they have, have they had one at Kings Island since you've been there? Um, it was when I first got there in 2007. Was the last time. And um, were you there you know, for but, it, or that was right around the because you were July 1st. I was right? coming in, you know, so I was I was there to observe but not take part in it or anything like that. I was still, you know, had yet to be officially announced at that point in time. oh so you made just weird grim reaper appearance appearances all over king's island with <laughs> well i mean all the i knew what was there. going on with it and everything but it was well you know the, the park had done a great job before i got there getting it all set up but uh 
you know, one of my most memorable cons was in 92, you know, it was King's Dominion and uh, Bush Gardens, Williamsburg there, um, you know, and it was just so much fun. But what I remember, not the ERT and all that, that's or the food. I remember just, you know, having so much fun with with the friends that I knew going in to that con, but also the people that I met that are now still friends. You know, here we are, what, 31 something years later, and I'm still, you know, in touch with them. I still see them when I go to parks or they come to Kings Island and that. So, um, you know, that's what it's all about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's so cool. So we've been having digital events where people can meet up um, before they get there. And some people have never been to a coaster con. And we tell them, yeah, don't worry. You're going to make tons of friends. Oh, yeah. You're going to see a lot of people. You can oh, absolutely. To. You know, so putting on these events, it's it's a major undertaking. So I, I know that you have a like an events director. But from your understanding, your perspective and your involvement, how do the events come to be? Like, does a park pitch a schedule to you or do you say I want certain things on the agenda or how, how does that work? I think a little of both. Yeah. I, I wondered about that before I got involved with the executive committee for ACE and I, I like did parks come to ACE and say like, Oh, we want you to host a coaster con or um, did Steve reach out the events director, reach out to the parks. And that's a little bit of both too. Um, some parks. Uh, yeah. You have to come in. 2025 because we have this new opening so we won an ace event that year but um yes yeah, steve does a really good job of uh you know seeing what part of the country we haven't been into in a while and um and then uh the executive committee kind of talks about it and then votes on it and steve he's been doing it for so long that he has so many good ideas and he really knows and what ace members like so he definitely presents the ideas to parks, but then some people like P. Owens at Dollywood is like, oh, I, you know, I have these ideas and, you know, how about we do this? Uh, we have a seventies band perform or, you know, like this for a party type of thing. So, um, so it's, I, uh, I think a little of both. Yeah. I'm curious to see what surprises are here for us, but, um, I know that Steve, he has a lot of tours planned. And, and then there's also a, like a behind the scenes tour of the train, which is cool. So a lot of people think, you know, American coaster enthusiasts, just coasters, but everything theme park. So yeah, it will be a lot of fun. You know, as my second yeah. home park, uh, you know, for me, it's like, I, I wouldn't want to go to, uh, this is just me, not everybody, but I've never been to Six Flags Magic Mountain. So I wouldn't really care to like take a backstage tour of one of their rides because what's special is you ride the ride all the time and uh seeing it from a different perspective or whatever that's what's cool about those tours but dollywood essentially being my second home park because i go there probably uh i'd make like three visits total of like seven entrances into the park you know um so that would be really cool to take those tours and stuff especially mystery mine i've always wanted to walk around in there and stuff awesome yeah Crash the party. Come come visit us and see what, what's behind well, the wall. Send me a graphic line. of what your badge is going to look like, and I'll have it counterfeited. <laughs> Don't do that. That sounds like a plan there. Awesome. Uh, you know, one of the things I was looking at the agenda that jumped out at me, and you know, one of the days you're at Dollywood is you've got the exclusive train ride on the Dollywood Express. That sounds so cool. <laughs> yeah. So, what happened last? time the uh, coaster con was at dollywood and took that exclusive train ride up to the mountain area past where big bear mountain is and, and they stopped the train and that's where they're having their dinner for the evening 
the group dinner and uh, they had some performers come out and they started singing and dancing and they were all the performers were introducing ourselves themselves and then Dolly came out and said and I'm and that's when they surprised everybody so I don't know what they're going to do with the train ride this year but it's yeah it's so cool to have if it's uh you know everyone on that same train or you know during exclusive ride time and everyone's like hooting and hollering and there's just an energy that is you know the park on a regular day is awesome but being at a park with all these ace members who are super enthusiastic and like the energy is just through the so yeah i'm excited for that train. Well, well that night at six o'clock i'm gonna feel here in cincinnati i'm gonna feel like i'm missing out because i'm not there on that train with all the other ace members yeah we'll have to go live on uh facebook or something and then we could bring it bring everyone there. Well, i'll certainly be tuned in if you do that. that well we'll probably be able to hear the whistle from here so it's all right Cinderella is that the yes yeah Cinderella yeah Cinderella on the Dollywood Express when they when they hit that whistle especially you know that when they leave the station and make that right turn and they hit it hard going over the bridge and then you're miss like Miss Lillian's chicken or Miss Lillian's barbecue the ground just shakes it so loud it can't be good for you but you know I wouldn't trade it for anything (laughs) all right uh (laughs) moving right along though you know enough about the Dollywood train we talk enough about that um so you know, um, there, there are always like, there's always great rides opening every year, but this year is a particularly special year for roller coaster openings, uh, mainly because there was like, uh, probably a bit of a pinch point with the pandemic and so on. Um, of all the rides that, that are opening this year, which one was the most anticipated for you personally? And of the ones that you've ridden that are new, which one have you liked the most so far? Oh, good question. Um, yeah, there's so many coasters opening, and you're right. Yeah, I I think someone from SeaWorld uh, Orlando was saying Pipeline was originally planned to open a little earlier, but the pandemic pushed everything back. Um, so that was one coaster that I got to ride that I was very surprised by. I was definitely looking forward to it. Um, I I'd always loved Togo stand-up coasters, and uh, so it kind of reminded me of that before I wrote it, you know, with the two abreast. But so I was curious about it. And then with the seats moving up two inches and down two inches, I was just curious what that sensation would be. And when I got on the ride, it was, it blew me away. Being thrown into the air off the ground was unlike any other sensation I've ever been on. Uh, Yeah, I couldn't get enough of it. And it's five moments of your time where you're being lifted up off the train and then that inversion where you you're lifted down or it's just so unique and uh so that definitely even exceeded my expectations um i think that was an awesome coaster and i hope to see that pop up at other sea world parks um the uh two rmc coasters that opened this year Air force one at fun spot atlanta and wildcats revenge at hershey park i think those are awesome. Uh, RMC just, you know, keeps on raising the bar and uh, outdoing themselves. Air Force One is just like nonstop. It's so thrilling and intense and like you just, just want to get back on it. Uh, Wildcats Revenge, it's so cool, you know, what they did with the old Wildcat structure. And th- that ride, I think, uh, will appeal to a, a large of people. You know, it could be like the first thrill ride that a younger visitor 
or goes on or you know for us thrill seekers like we'll love it too um so yeah and there's so many good ones dark coaster at bush gardens williamsburg uh I dark castle to so to see the nod to the old dark castle theme and then to be indoors with that the multi-launch roller coaster i think they did a really good job with that um you know there's so many fun ones have you ridden uh, big bear I mountain yet really or are you are you waiting for the con for that I have not. I'm. Uh, I wanted to go <laughs> to it, and my brother was like, "We'll be there next month." Um, so we uh, we're waiting. So I, I have a couple more weeks to go. Um, but I heard what you were saying, and it sounds some ride. I, it's probably going to be my favorite ride at the park. It's like really long. And I, I you know, I I wouldn't. I don't necessarily think. From an enthusiast standpoint, it don't necessarily be your favorite ride at the park because you know because they've got like lightning rod. Personally, Mystery Mind's my favorite ride. I know I kind of go against the grain for a lot of people, but it's it fits in so well with what they're trying to do there, you know. And it's such a fun ride, and it's a family ride, but it's not like Whistle Chaser Punk or like it's worth riding because it's thrilling enough and it's so long. Yeah. But uh, I, I think you're really gonna enjoy. It. You're gonna have to tweet at us uh, at attractions underscore grp <laughs> and let us know what you think once you get to ride it. <laughs> I'm thinking, Ryan, it's going to be my third favorite ride at the park there. So trains, bears, and that? I think it's going to be train, carousel, then Big Bear Mountain. But I thought those little, besides, you told me another episode, and you guys can fact check us if you want, but I said, besides the train, what's your favorite ride at Dollywood? And you said those little bear things in Wildwood Grove. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's a favorite too. So yeah. So, so now, number so four now, now we have a continuity error in the show. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I love the little bear ride. It is so, you know, it, it's just adorable. It, it is funny because they <laughs> tilt back and forth. Uh, I don't I wonder who it's makes adorable, that. Do, yeah. do you know who makes that? I was trying to think about that, but I, I don't know where to find that information for like a flat ride like that. It's not a manufacturer that's like we've heard of, I don't think, unless it's a, just an offbeat. Pr anyway, forget that. We've gone up. But uh, Derek, one of the things that Ryan and I love to do is we love to poke the bear with this question. And we'd love your opinion. So how do you define a coaster credit? Is a coaster if it's say it's relocated somewhere is it still counting as the same credit same ride just in a different location uh if it's a racing coaster is that two credits if they reprofiled a drop or something is it starting over so in your world what's a credit and what's not that's funny that you asked that for for me the first thing i'll say is whatever anyone wants to count as a coaster is cool with me. Um, personally, what I do is uh, I used to use, um, like I still use coaster count to keep track of coasters. But um, what I do is every coaster that I go on since uh, I think for the past 12 years, I'll post a picture on Facebook and, you know, add the number. So I have a record of what I want uh, I have a picture of it, but because it's Facebook, it's social media people, but have their opinion. And some of the things that I thought a coaster or that I wanted to count, people have argued with me about it. I personally do count if a roller coaster is relocated and it's in a new location, I do count that as a new credit. Um, and some friends give me a hard time about that, but then they'll count like if the track is rebuilt for Space Mountain or Thunder Mountain, they'll count that as a new credit. I'm fine with them counting it like that, but I don't. And I, I actually don't count powered coasters for me personally. Um, and I think a reason I don't 
how powered coasters is I go, I spend too much time chasing small kitty coasters and riding, which, you know, I, I enjoy and, and, you know, get, you get to see different parts of the country that you haven't been to. But I think if I was trying to chase a kitty uh, powered coaster, like I would just lose my mind because I'd be too obsessed with it. Um, so that's why I don't count powered coasters, but yeah, my friend was, uh, she, she counts powered coasters and then there's like those disco, you know, Zamperla mm -hmm. disco. I was like, that's basically like a powered shuttle coaster. I was like, you should count that. So now she, now she counts those as coasters too. But do you have a, how do you guys count? What about for you, like racing coasters? Is that going to be a one or a two? Um, I think in the past I've counted them as two, depending on the coaster. If it's like a Mobius loop coaster, I don't think I've counted that. Like uh, the racer at Kennywood or Blackpool yeah. Pleasure Beach. Well, when you look at a name like the racer, to me, the name is, it's not the racers, it's the racer. So it's singular. So to mm -hmm. me, it counts as one because the name says it's one. So I've always counted it that way. But, you know, you, you know, that kind of thing. So, uh, it, you know, it, like, like you said, though, it's whatever makes you, you know, whatever you're excited about makes you feel good, you know, you know, knock yourself out however you like to do it. Just keep riding. That's all I say. Right. Yeah. I would say, like, if there are like three, changes like if they change the train from a stand-up to a like a floorless and then yeah. you know they, they do some other modification or something but yeah it's just, it's funny how in the coastal community community it's people fun. make such a big deal i mean it's fun to watch all those discussions and they get heated at times and that but uh you know just love the passion that's out there but again you know for me mm -hmm. i don't care if you count those one two three whatever just keep riding keep having fun that's what it's all about yeah i agree with that totally. Unless you're keeping score, right? <laughs> All right. All right. So, um, Derek, parks have recently switched, uh, kind of pivoted their, 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 their outlook with how they do things. Cause it used to be like in the eighties and nineties, early two thousands that you put in a big coaster, it's the tallest, fastest, whatever. A lot of parks now are pivoting towards experiences. So not just coasters, but parades, festivals, food festivals, food tasting, um, and if they add a coaster or a ride, it's in a themed area. I want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I loved the themed experience um, going to Disney parks. And then I love seeing these other theme parks, you know, doing things on the same level as Disney or even surpassing that. So I'm all about the experience. And I was going to say one of my favorite if not my favorite roller coaster at Dollywood is actually Fly Express. Um, I just love, even though it's more of a family coaster, I love the location and the theme and, you know, like the little theming elements that they add to it. So I think for a roller coaster, that totally, um, the theming for me makes a roller coaster even would be if it was just like on a parking lot or something like a Wicker Man at Alton Towers. That's one of my favorite wooden roller coasters. And, if it was just out on the parking lot, I don't know if it would be my favorite, but because of the, in the story and the pre-show and everything, like that just takes it to the next level for me. And I love that parks have all these seasonal festivals now. Uh, it just, it gives you a reason to go back to the parks and some of these parks, like there's always something new every time you go here. So I think it's like a great marketing tool and to have uh, people purchasing season passes i think it really benefits the parks so i'm 
all about it. It's you know, always something new. Um, I love what Six Flags did with that, the screen break this year. It was like such a cool little twist. Uh, of course, like Kings Island and the Cedar Fair parks, there's so much to do. Um, and for Ace, like we're trying to even like, you know, show people, uh, you know, so the coaster enthusiasts, like look at what all these parks are doing. There's so much to do. And um, so, yeah, we have uh, been trying to cover more little events uh, than we have in the past that's awesome cool well derek we want you to stick around because now is a segment that ryan and i like to call the pick six ryan get us started all right so let's go with story number one okay so mauer rides mauer the manufacturer uh, they're testing out a new type of ride vehicle. I guess it's a new type of coaster, really. And it's uh, it's called Spike Fun Tilting Seat Coaster. Derek, do you know anything about this? Yes, I saw the video and the pictures. It looks really cool. I'm excited about it. I think it will add another element. How do you feel about it? I mean, well, so for those of you listening at home, um, so a lot of coaster cars can sway and twist. This one actually like, it looks like it tilts back. Um, I, I don't think that's controlled. I think that's all done by the laws of physics. Am I, did I see that correctly? In, in your opinion, at least? I think so, yeah. That's how I took yeah, it. Yeah, I, I think so too, Ryan. And I think it was 45 degrees that it'll tilt back. Yeah, so when they launched the train, like the people tilted back, that could be a really cool, like a really neat sensation. Uh, what, what kind of theme would you put with that? Like where, where would you where would you place that as far as making that make sense? Would you theme it to like an old Circuit City commercial when the guy turned on the stereo and he got blown backward in his <laughs> recliner? Yeah. <laughs> And the Maxell tapes. <laughs> Didn't they do that? <laughs> now, interesting concept. Number two on the pick six. Is there a future for Apple's new headset with Disney Parks? Ryan, we'll start with you on this one. Um, so I did watch their keynote, uh, the Worldwide Developers Conference, which is every year in, in June, which is typically their when they announce a new software that comes out in the fall. But uh, made a couple of uh, hardware announcements with Max and stuff, but. The, the new virtual reality headset, for those of you who are living under a rock right now, I haven't heard about this. So VR, AR headset, so it can um, you can look through it and see the outside world. But the way that it's different from current technology is that the outside world that you see is like from a video camera. And in addition to that, people can see your eyes because it shows the camera on your eyes too. So with that being said... Um, the AR capabilities from all those who were at like the media conference and stuff who tried it said that it was just absolutely astounding. Um, I think the possibilities are limitless when it comes to theme parks with this stuff, but I think it's also kind of like, like when a, when a park has an ice skating show, the first year they have an ice skating show. It's awesome. The second year, Hey, I'm glad it's back. The third year it's, Oh, the ice skating show by the sixth year. You're like the ice skating show. You know, so um, I think that the AR stuff can really be cool, but if parks start leaning on it as opposed to doing um, like physical props and stuff like that, it's kind of like the screens, you know, like Universal had to backpedal from that. Um, I think that that could be too much, but but I think that the, there's something there. What do you think, Derek? Yeah, I'd be curious to try it. Um, I'm sure it would be spectacular, but yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, I remember 
at Universal Studios Hollywood, they used to have the goggles, 3D goggles for Harry um, and uh, now they don't. So yeah, I I don't always, I, I don't miss it that much. Sometimes I'm doing the practical sets and not having the goggles on. But yeah, I would definitely like to try something like that um, for the first few years before it got old like the ice skating show. <laughs> yeah, um, I, mean, I mean, I think the possibilities are there, but I, I do think that if people lean too heavily into it, I mean, look at like Spider-Man the Ride, you know, at Universal mm-hmm. Islands of Adventure. It's like it, when it came out in 99, it, this is the greatest thing ever. And it's still a fantastic ride, but it's just another screen ride now, you know? So, um, but yeah, anyway, story number three. So Disney shares the, the, the new look of the frozen ever after animatronics. Uh, if you recall when frozen ever after opened in Epcot, they had weird animatronics where they were normal, but they had like projections for the faces. Um, I found them creepy. Derek, did you find them creepy? <laughs> <laughs> slightly I, I think i was with kids too not a creepy but the problem that i had with it was uh when you went kind of like when your boat traveled under the character you could see that there was no chin like it was just dark down here so you uh, from the front it looked okay don what are your thoughts you're the biggest disney guy of us all you know when i saw of the uh you know the looks that they've shown you know like anything else with disney i mean it looks impressive you know, uh, looks a little bit better than, you know, uh, you know, what we've, we've experienced so far at, uh, you know, Disney world, but yeah, I mean, it looks good, you know, from what you can tell from, from what they've released. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I liked the picture that I saw. I thought that looked really cool. I think I'll like it better than the projection. Yes. It's, it's cool that Disney looks at the stuff and goes, no, we can probably do better. And just, I mean, well, cause like with haunted mansion, that ride's like a franchise, you know, it's got, it's got movies coming out and all that stuff. So when they make improvements to that, it makes sense. Uh, but with, with frozen, they just, they're basically taking the thing and just replacing it with something that looks better. And I, I think it's cool that they're willing to put the resources into that. Yeah. I, the, um, I remember looking at it at Epcot and just seeing like the, the skin tone was different, you know, between the arms and the face. It just like seemed so different. It was a little drastic. And I was at um, the movies last night and I saw a co-op for Elemental. Is that the name of the new Pixar that movie? That sounds right. And they had um, two, two characters and it re- actually reminded me of that projected, uh, the Frozen characters because were kind of transluting lights on it. Like, oh, if if they projected like all of Elsa, then it may have been consistent. But yeah, um, but yeah, when I saw that picture of versions, I was like, yeah, this looks like more uh, magical. I think. Awesome. Cool, uh, Don. What's next? Well, next, uh, it started with the closure of the attraction uh, Poseidon at Universal Orlando. Ryan, you and I were down there just, you know, a few weeks before it, uh, you know, it closed. But uh, the next phase is always uh, the demolition, and that is now underway. Thoughts? Uh, I'm bummed. I think that I thought that ride was fan- well, that experience was fantastic. I'm surprised they aren't repurposing the building, but this might add more clearance to the rumor that it's going to be like a Legend of Zelda land if they're clearing it. But, um, Derek, let's get your opinion on this. So. 
you've been to islands, right? Like you, islands of adventure. Have you got an experience Poseidon's Fury? Yes, I've. Uh, I loved it. I, I've experienced it throughout the years too with some of the changes, right. um, and I, I'm bummed that I didn't get to see it one more time. And I think my brother actually went, and then they ended up not making it through the entire attraction. Um, recently but yeah i i loved it uh the whole story and then that the way i love reveals like in attractions oh, and like man. that water tunnel was revealed and you walk in and then all the the finale with the fire and the water yeah so i i'm gonna miss it you know live on and on youtube and we'll get to experience it but i'm curious to see what they're doing there it's it's a big plot of land but i'm i'm also um it's sad because it wasn't a ride. It wasn't a show. It was somewhere in between, you know, and that was like kind of, they used to have so like, like the Noah's Ark at Kennywood's like that, a walk through dark ride kind of thing. This wasn't exactly that. It was more of a show than dark ride, but it sat in its own category. Don, what was your favorite part of Poseidon's Fury when we got to experience it? When it was done. <laughs> really? You didn't like it? No, 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 no. It was pretty, I mean, there was so much to really like about it and everything. I just think the effects in that, um, you know, I enjoyed it, you know, and it's kind of sad to see it go. And like you, Ryan, I thought too that they would find a way to repurpose that building, but you know, gonna be a lot of rumors, a lot of speculation going around over the next few months. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, so uh next up, this is story number like five. Or, yeah, story number five. Yeah. So uh this one directly pertains to you, Derek, but um, the world's largest roller coaster ride is set to happen June 16th to celebrate the anniversary of Lamarcus Thompson's Switchback Railway, the first modern roller coaster in 1884. So several parks are participating, including Dino's Wonderworld and Knoebels. So, Don, I understand that you and Carl, uh, I can't speak his name, Carl Eichelman, <laughs> I, I had a brain fart, but you guys uh, did something for the hundredth anniversary, right? We did at the time. We were both uh, riding rides at Kings Island. I was uh, kind of marathoning the racer. He was doing the Beast, and it was the one hundredth anniversary. So the parks uh, PR department uh, had all these um, radio station DJs come out and ride with us um, for the first part of the day. And we just would ride over and over and over again with them. And then the next DJ would come in and ride with us. And then guests would get a chance to ride with us. But then as part of this, um, they had a, uh, what was going to be like a meet and greet autograph session with Carl and I, like he would, you know, do his thing at the, by the beast. I would do my thing by the racer, but um, the Cincinnati Enquirer uh, article about the autograph session said that uh, guests coming to the park today would have a chance to meet roller coaster inventors. Yeah. Carl Eichelman and Don Hubbock. So the disappointment of so many people when they're like, oh, you guys don't design roller coasters and all that? You just ride them? You're just like me. Okay. And they would just <laughs> kind of move on and stuff. But they thought that, you know, they were going to meet people who actually invented these things. And uh, that wasn't the case. So a little bit of disappointment with the guests that day, but uh, it was a fun day. You know, um, that kind of really, for me, put me in, a, in, a, in, a, in an opportunity to go back and kind of research what came before the racer, you know, all those other rides. So that was kind of that turning point for me to say, okay, these have been around for a hundred years, you know, what came before. So it was, uh, it was that uh, anniversary in 1984 that, you know, kind of really educated me about, uh, you know, the history of roller coasters. So Derek, how's ACE celebrating? So on June 16th, 
It's the world's largest coaster ride. And basically what it is is parks all across the country will dispatch a roller coaster train at exactly 2 p.m. Eastern time. So it's all these uh, roller coasters, you know, ri people riding the roller coasters at the same time. And it's a lot of ACE members, but also uh, people, park guests are invited to go. This is the world's largest coaster ride. It's something that ACE president Elizabeth Ringus, she came up with. Chris Ozemic, uh, they came up with the idea, some other people. Um, so it was a way to celebrate the LaMarcus Tobin's Scenic Railway, uh, the anniversary, and also something where uh, coaster enthusiasts and parks could, you know, kind of have this little fun event together. Um, so it's last year I was at Six Flags Magic Mountain and we rode Revolution for the world's largest ride. And it was a lot of fun. People uh, there cheering it on and, um, they there was a big countdown and then they dispatched the train and were hooting and hollering the whole time. Uh, so it was a it was a cool experience and uh, just a way to celebrate roller coasters and World Roller Coaster Appreciation Month, which is in June. Uh, so it's just a yeah, party and um, if hopefully uh, more parks will want to get involved, they can go to ridewithace.com slash large and uh, sign up their parks. There's still time time to do that yeah it's a great pr opportunity for parks you know just something fun interesting you know uh you know for the media in those markets you know uh, where the park is and you know to come out and um yeah so i mean it's a great opportunity so yeah you'd like to see more parks get involved yeah we love uh, as many parks as possible i think there might be 15 parks uh signed up right now and i know um carowinds mm -hmm. uh signed up and they're gonna take part um so uh, they'll, <laughs> the Carowinds, the, I, I'm amazed that these parks hosting these ACE events and CoasterCon, you know, everyone works so hard on the park side and, uh, you know, all the, the ride operators staying late to, for the exclusive ride time and everything. So uh, we have to, you know, give a round of applause to all these parks for, you know, doing the ACE events and then participating in World's Largest Ride too. Um, Wild Waves in Washington, they're, they're participating and they're celebrating the 20th anniversary of uh, their wooden roller coaster there so uh yeah so it's cool parks can tie it in with their own anniversaries at parks or different things absolutely like that. You know, ryan and i will be looking uh you know for all the different posts on social media and we we'll certainly will uh retweet it on our channel so the next story and the, the uh is uh are you a titan track fan derek yes um well, good because you're in luck. Because Boy, the, do we have a story for you? <laughs> Rumbler is getting Titan Track, so uh, there you go. I think. Have you ridden Kentucky Rumbler? I guess would be the first question. I have. I wrote it for the first time a while back, and then I wrote it. I believe it was like 2021. Maybe I, I wrote it again. Um, so, so yeah, I. Yeah, I love wooden roller coasters, but I know that there's so much maintenance that goes into it, and then it could be totally different between the start of the season or the end of the season. So, yeah, I'm like, they're going to smooth out some of the parts. Yeah, it. I mean, if when's the last time you wrote it? the last time I wrote it, it was 2006 when it opened, uh, and it was great then. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know if it did it age very well because it was like any any GCI on day well any really wooden coaster on day one is smooth as glass but how was it in 2021 when you wrote it had it is it was it showing age or was it pretty still pretty smooth or? yeah it, it, it definitely showed its age um it wasn't super or anything it was definitely rideable we wrote it you know a few times and it was a, a lot of fun um 
they definitely put some care into it, but um, it probably wasn't as smooth as when you wrote it in 2006. Or yeah, I mean, I noticed like even like Thunderheaded Dollywood was getting kind of kind of a little on the rough side, and they did a lot of work to get it to where it is now, where it's super smooth. All right, so uh, it's the pick six, but uh, you know, I, while I was uh, I got a notification while we were recording the episode. Uh, and this is a a point after, as I call it. Uh, this is an extra story from our friends at the CP Food Blog, uh, so make sure you look them up on social media. But Cedar Point announced that they're going to have a special Grand Pavilion VIP dining experience. So um, this is on the 4th of July, uh, and it's going to be special viewing for the Light Up the Point event, which is their fireworks show. And um, the way that it, this is going to work, if you pause for just a second, I will... So... Um, the VIP Grand Pavilion experience includes all the following an all you can eat chef inspired buffet, two complimentary adult beverages, special appearance by chef Joe Ganascali, known as Vito from the Sopranos. Am I, do either of you know if I'm pronouncing that name right? It sounds Don't right. Know. Okay. Ganascali. Ganascali, I probably. Uh, exclusive after hours cash bar, a commemorative gift. And all day access to Cedar Point's VIP Millennium Lounge, um, and then the price is listed on here. It's one hundred and forty dollars per person. Uh, that does not include park admission, but it does give you exclusive access to the Grand Pavilion between six thirty until after the fireworks are done, which is approximately at ten p.m. So I think that sounds like a cool event. I mean, it, the reason why that kind of like set up the flag for like we should talk about this is this is the first of its kind for the Grand Pavilion. I didn't even think about it with how close it is to where they launched the fireworks. That's probably a heck of a view. Um, it's gonna be a great view. Don, did you get to eat at the Grand Pavilion when you were up there last time? I did. Did you like it? Very good. Very good. I mean, just the whole, you know, not just that, but just the whole culinary experience, you know, dining experience at Cedar Point and a lot of parks, you know, has really been elevated over the past few years. So, um, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, if you, if you take part in this experience, that it's, it's going to be, you know, a great experience for you. Derek, have you made it out to Cedar Point this year to check out the Grand Pavilion? Yeah, I, I loved it. it, it that whole area looks so cool, and the uh, house was totally fun. And then we went over to the Grand Pavilion, and my friend who, who actually said that that was the best theme park food he ever had, and he loved the, the funnel cake shrimp, which <laughs> um, the chef was telling us that they – I guess they had the shrimp and there there was a batter. They mixed up the batter with the funnel cake batter and they tried it. And I was like, oh, this actually works. This is good. Um, so he, he loved that. But yeah, I think the viewing areas on top, it's so cool how you can see the lake and, and then with the fireworks there. I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, that was, you know, the Wild Mouse, that's another coaster, the opening this year. Uh, that exceeded my expectations. I thought it would be fun, but how they have like the little characters and the sound effects. Well, we, Don and I went to Iapa back in November and we got to like take a picture in the cheese car. And then the one time I got mm -hmm. to ride the Wild Mouse, we got the cheese car again. So that's the only Wild Mouse car I've ever been in. But with that being said, it did spin like crazy when we rode it. So I, I really enjoy it. I'm super happy for them with that ride. I think it's really cool. Yeah, I rode the, the cheese car and we spun nonstop. I can I've never spun that much on a roller coaster before. And I think, I think someone was saying that um because it's a bull car that and the 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 uh, entrance was up larger, um 
it's a little the balance is different from the other cars and maybe that's why it spins more i don't know that's what that's I that's but also yeah, what totally i heard too fun. well we know it's the accessible car so that in some way is going to mess with the physics unless they like did a lot of compensate i'm i'm not an engineer but like you know logic would dictate that you know this is all about keeping it off balance so it continues to spin but big win for cedar point you know not the tallest not the fastest but certainly uh I, I, the sound effect when you're going up the hill, the dun, 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 like that is so freaking fun. I, I love it. Awesome. So Derek, before we let you go to end tonight's festivities, tell us uh, where they can, people can find out more information on ACE. So uh, everything is at ridewithace.com and um, on social media, you can either link from ridewithace.com on a, or um, search for ridewithace.com, and we always use that hashtag too, but uh, ridewithace, but Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube. Yeah. So yeah, just search for ridewithace, horse enthusiasts. Awesome. Derek, do you have any final words of wisdom before we wrap it up for this evening? Uh, I thank you both for having me. And I like that we all wore our blue shirts today. And I encourage you to join Ace Ryan. It's uh, the cheapest membership is only $35. So it's like cheap parking your car at a theme park. So uh, you should join us and have some fun at the events. And uh, thank maybe, you very much for Maybe I just and... will. I will hashtag ride with Ace. Don, <laughs> do you have any final words of wisdom to share with us? <laughs> well, Derek, uh, I will experience um, CoasterCon45 vicariously through all of your social posts. And uh, just just looking forward to, to you know seeing what everyone's saying about the event. Yeah, perfect. All right. So uh, j once again, if you guys are listening to the audio version, then thank you for listening. But uh, us three handsome gentlemen would love for you to check out our excellent webcam skills by searching for the Attractions Group podcast on YouTube. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, then congratulations. You're choosing the best way to watch us. But we're also available on your favorite podcasting apps. Follow us on Twitter at attractions underscore GRP. Feel free to tweet at us if you, we say anything wrong or factually inaccurate or, uh, you know, Don makes a joke that doesn't land right or Don doesn't wear a shirt and pants that match or, you know, anything Don does, you can tweet at us. Um, and if you're interested in sponsorship opportunities, just shoot us a DM on Twitter and we'll be able to talk that out. We got some stuff planned up. So thank you, everybody. Thank you once again, Derek. Have a great evening. <laughs>